The following show contains adult content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not those of the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. with Ron Russell, bringing you the good times in music, fashion, pop culture, and entertainment. we got a great show for you guys today. We've got Robert Cool Bell from Cool and the Gang coming on. we got Kenny Aronoff, one of the greatest drummers in music history. It's going to be a blast. Uh, before we get started, let's say hi to everybody. Starting off with my cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. Hey, from now on, when you introduce us, excuse me, when you introduce me, you have to introduce Astro because Astro seems to be on the show every week. And everyone, this is Astro, our little 10-pound bundle of joy. He's like seven pounds. Seven pounds. <laughs> we love him because I love this dog. There you go. So what's up, everybody? We got a great show for you today. We have a full chat room. Let's say hi to everybody in the chat room. We got Anton Country Super who is uh, in Australia. Hey, Anton. Teresa Sabin, how you doing? Lady Lake Music, who says she loves our shirts. Uh, Jane Doe, who's Angela Joseph. It's your mic. Yeah, I don't know why it's doing that again. Because you have to get a new mic. Okay, Angela Joseph. Uh, uh, Lady Lake. Oh, wait, I went so fast now. I don't know who else is in there. B. Claudia just joined us in Germany. Hey, B. Claudia, how you doing? And uh, we're going to have a really fun show for you guys today. Um, hope everybody is doing well, being safe, and enjoying things. And uh, I'm super excited for today's show. Oh, I am also because I have a reason why I love that group so much, and I'll explain it when he comes on. Uh, first off, I just want to say to Angela Joseph, Angie Baby, thank you for that sweet comment you wrote on Facebook about making my uh, day interesting and happy when we shoot Clown Motel 2. We have just gotten our rules and regulations from, I don't know who, probably Adolf Hitler's spirit, <clears throat> but somebody gave rules and regulations. They're not allowed to have Sag. more. Well, fuck sick. <laughs> I mean, you know, really, really and truly, I'm going to quit. Can you quit, Seg? Can you, can you tell them to go screw themselves? No. <laughs> only, I think it's only three people are allowed on a set. Okay, so it's Joe and myself, and I forgot. No, that's not true. That's not true. Yes, it is. You no. can't. You can't. No, you can't do. You can't do crowd scenes. You, can you can't leave. do a crowd scene, but you can have more than three people. Otherwise, no. you couldn't make a. No, you. They want. You no, no kissing. So Joe Kelly and I are not are not allowed to make. That's out true. You're not allowed to. You're not allowed to kiss. Because I wanted to make the whole. You know, my whole shot kissing Joe Kelly. Two <laughs> soldiers in heat. But anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> no. So it, just uh, just so many restrictions. You know, and. They've made restrictions already before the virus. The restriction was no cursing, no picking up each other, no nasty talk like, hey, baby, you got big tits. You can't do any of that. Right. You know, years ago, we could do anything we wanted. We used to have such fun on the set. I mean, we would say silly, silly. I mean, major stars. I won't even mention who they are, but major, major multimillion dollar salaried stars. Well, one, Clark Abel. 
Jane Russell was singing about apples on her tree. And Clark Abel was laying down next to her off camera. And he said, come over here, Jane. I'll, I'll, I'll eat your apples or I'll play with your apples. Anyway, silly stuff like that that we used to giggle from and have a good time. Not allowed. I was being wired for, I think it was the big friggin' rat. I think it was the big friggin' rat. And the guy had difficulty getting my wire up my trousers to my battery pack. So I said, just a minute. I dropped my pants. And I was in underwear, and he was down there, and he said, oh, that's much better. And I said, okay, by the way, while you're down there. And it's a joke, but I got in trouble. Yeah, you can't joke about stuff like that anymore. Oh, yeah, Lionsgate went berserk, and Lionsgate, somebody said, tell Russell to cool it. Because, you know, I make jokes about Sherry Davis and her wonderful cleavage whenever we work together. And, of course, all the girls we work with, Sadie Katz, our mouth is so bad, the two of us together, they have to contain us. You know, we have mouth. We have, they say potty mouths. I hate that expression, potty. My mouth is not a shit mouth. It's a funny mouth. Anyway, we have to go to work now, and it's got to be, like, no more fun. You go in, you read your lines, and you get out. You're off the set. You can't hang out. I don't think Jimmy's allowed on the set anymore when I work, and I really like him to be there. It's all crazy now. You can't crack any jokes. No, it's just so sad because our industry has gotten to be really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Fucked up, I guess. That's a good word. But anyway, thank you, Angie Baby, for saying that you're going to make my stay on the set of Clown Motel 2 a happy one. She said she booked all her plane tickets already. For what? For Clown Motel. Oh, all right. She's in Colorado. Right? <laughs> I can't wait to see you, Bubby, uh, so we could talk about a lot of things that we can't talk about on the air but we can in private um i want to send some healing energy to to be claudia yes be claudia. Got some back problems and everything and so we love yeah. you B, and we uh, hope you take care of yourself and, and we're sending I, healing vibes as i wrote on b's page life is so worth living no matter what and that's so true so if you have to walk with a cane for a little while because your back is out you're still alive be grateful also lorene landon who, we love you, Lorene. Who went to the hospital for a few days for a minor a complication, is well and is home, and we're happy for that. Lorene Landon, by the way, is the queen of horror movies and other movies. Uh, those of you out there who know who Lorene is, you're all in her corner wishing for her health. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. She has, we love uh, her. She has uh, stage four uh, kidney failure. And they're waiting now for a kidney, and she's okay. She doesn't need dialysis yet, but she's okay. So everything looks positive with Lorene. So if any of you out there know of anybody that's looking to give away a kidney, uh, call us. Get in contact with us. Absolutely. So hope everybody is doing well. I know everybody's tired of sitting in. I know the world is opening up in certain places. I read that movie, some movie theaters are starting to open up as soon as this Friday. Yeah, but that sucks too. You know why? I won't be going. I can't, I can't sit next to you. Uh, oh yeah, two people that go together can sit next to each oh, other, can? can't they? Oh, I don't even. I know. I don't know that. I didn't read that. I didn't. But, read but it. can we have sex like we always did? Not in a the movie theater. Well, used we used to always have sex. I know, but we can't do theater. that anymore. <laughs> that was only when there was like nobody in the theater. No, I used. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I used. That's that's not true. I used to get a big box of popcorn and put my penis in the popcorn, and then he'd put his hand in the popcorn, pretending to grab popcorn, but he was really feeling my penis, and it was a nice little gesture. It was, yeah. called, it was called cock pop. Yeah. <laughs> that's all lies, baby. Hey, folks, that's only fun and jokes. Don't take it seriously. That's the kind of shit we can't do on set. <laughs> no, but it's, you know what? If we've lost our senses of humor with what's going on in the world today, we're going to become a very bitter, jaded, ugly race of people. 
Americans are on the verge of being just negative, horrible, vicious, evil, wicked people. And we've got to change that. We've got to go back to being happy. We're a country that has more than other other countries have. We live better than most countries live. We have so much to be grateful for living in our country. Absolutely. And Hollywood is reopening June 12th. Uh, uh, Georgia has already opened up. A lot of your TV shows that, that are filmed in Georgia are, are starting to get back to work. Um, so new, new content will be coming out for everybody. Uh, believe it or not, it's the time for the indie filmmaker because you know they make scenes with only a few people in them since you can't really do crowd scenes. Um, so it's going to be really, really good. And um, I'm looking forward to it because we've got a whole bunch of projects that we're working on uh, that are in different stages of development. Ron's got a bunch of films he's in that are coming out. Uh, we're super excited for Clown Motel 2. It's going to be a blast. And uh, Well, it has to be a blast because the first one was a riot. It was a fabulous film. I sat there and I couldn't believe what I saw. And I said to Jimmy, oh, my God, this film is so bad that it's wonderful. And if you understand that analogy, uh, it was done as campy and spoofy as you can. And the pig was the pig. I mean, he's a Joe. I love Joe. Peretti? Well, no, that's not his name. His is name is uh, Joe Peretti. No, it's not Joe Peretti. What is it? It's something like that. Angie, what's his name? It's Joe Peretti. <laughs> no, what's the guy's name who plays Hammy? He's my friend on Facebook. I love him. Uh, come on, come on, Angie. I forgot his name. It's uh, Joe Peretti. It's not Peretti, though. I don't think so. Maybe you're right. Maybe I'm wrong. I it got... is Peretti. He's Italian. I don't forget Italians' names. Anyway, anyway, uh, he was Johnny. A... Jo it's what? not. It's not Joe. It's Johnny. Johnny Peretti. Sorry. Hammy Johnny. Hammy Johnny. I love you. And he's in the film again. I hope, I hope, and I hope he's playing Hammy again. It's Parati. Parati. Johnny Parati. Well, Peretti is an Italian. Parati is English. Peretti is Italian. I okay. know the name Peretti. I know people named Peretti. What's P-E-R-O-T-T-I? That's Parati. Yeah, Parati. That's an Italian. It's a camera. Okay. Giovanni Parati. There All you right? go. Oh, look at B. Claudia says she's super excited for the guest. So one of our guests is here, you guys. We're going to go ahead and bring him on. Yep. Um, go ahead and, uh, and, and bring him into the show, please, Rebel. Hello, hello. Hello there. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm on lockdown in O-Town, better known as Orlando. Been there <laughs> for about 10 weeks. <laughs> That's well, good. What did you say? You're on lockdown in Motown? In O-Town. Oh, in I Orlando. thought you said Motown. I said, how lucky well, can you O-Town O-Town is like Orlando. They changed the name to O-Town. Yes, yeah. I'm from Florida, so I used to go there all oh, the time. So you know what I'm talking about then. Absolutely, but I don't know what it's like being in lockdown there. But hang on, let me uh, let's do an introduction first, so everybody knows we're, who we're talking to. All right, everybody, now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, seven-time Grammy and American Music Award winner and founding member of the legendary pop group Cool in the Game, Robert Cool Bell. Hello and welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? We are fabulous. Let me introduce you to everybody, starting off with my cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. Hey, baby. You know, you mean a little bit more to me than most people, and I'll explain why. My no, wait, don't explain why yet. Wait, come back to that. Oh, are you the director of this fucking show? Now? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. I want to, like, introduce everybody, and I want them to say hi to everybody. Oh, okay, okay. All right, so hang on. We're married. We argue all the time. Don't worry about it. It's, it's normal. <laughs> <laughs> so so we have a chat room with people literally all over the country. I mean, all over countries. Uh, and so um, please say hi to everybody in the chat room. Hello there. 
And then we have a lady, her name is B. Claudia, and she's in Germany. And she said, oh, my God, I'm dead. Hello. He, he, she's so excited that you're here. So please say hi. Make a special hi to B. Claudia, please. Claudia? Yeah, B. Claudia, oh, like a B bumblebee. Oh, B. Yeah, B. Claudia. <laughs> now, Your Honor, may I speak? Yes, now you may speak. My daughter Leslie was up for Miss Long Island teenage Long Island in a, in a what is it called beauty pageant and she won and when she came down the runway to make her uh, you know uh, her award-winning walk they played celebration so celebration to me when I, I'm getting choked up so celebration <laughs> to me whenever I hear celebration I see my daughter winning and walking down the runway what a beautiful song and what a beautiful memory well, you I, very much. I already got the headphones on. I think I better put mine on also. Okay, yeah, put them on so that way you can hear us. I yeah. actually. Uh, yeah, let, me, let me get wired for sound. Hold on. Okay, no problem. We want to hear you. I love the guitar that you got sitting there in the background, and uh, it's all fun and games. <laughs> so everybody, so there you go. There you go. See now, B says she's double dead. She's so excited. Can you hear us better now? He's telling he me up now. Okay, good. All right. Did you hear Ron's story? I still can't hear you on the headphones yet. Oh, wow. I wonder why he can't hear us. You never heard what I said about your song celebration? <laughs> oh. Are you plugged in? Hmm. Yeah. Can you hear us or no? You can't hear us? Take one. Can you hear us? <laughs> Do not. Do not. Uh, Do not okay. I, I took them off. I think I can hear you better. I'm not hearing you in the, in the headphones. Okay. Can you hear us now? We'll try and talk a little louder. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can hear you a little better now. Yeah. Did you get to hear Ron's story or not? Excuse no. me? Did you hear Ron's story or not? I'm Ron. This is Ron. Did you hear his story that he told you about the song Celebration or no? No, that part I couldn't hear at the time. Ron, can you repeat that one again? All I'll right. tell you again. My daughter Leslie was up for Miss Long Island in the beauty pageant, and she won. And when she made the walk down the runway, they played Celebration. So to me, your song means so much more than it does to many people, because when I hear it, I think of my daughter walking on the runway winning Miss Long Island. And like I said before, for that, I thank you so much. Well, thank you. Did you, you. Are, did yeah, you hear that? Yes, he heard that one. Sure, your song Celebration was fabulous. It's used all the time whenever people are out to celebrate something. Like, all of your songs are great. You're a great group. I mean, I've been around with you guys. I'm, a, I'm an old goat. So I've been around with you guys for a long time. I know all your music, every bit of it. Great music. I'm excited it. that you're on our show because sometimes people come on our show that I really don't like their music, and it's hard for me to lie a little bit. <laughs> but with you, it's hey, nice. Mama, I don't have to lie. I tell the truth. I love your music. Well, thank you for the support, Ron. Huh? Thank He's you for the support for so many years. Oh, no, it's true. But everybody that's tuning in, we have over 5 million people right now from all over the world watching us. And they all love your music. I mean, you, you know that. I mean, you're not dumb. That's for sure. You know what a hit you are. But you have 33 hits. No. 33, 31. 31 gold records. Platinum, huh? gold and platinum. Hang I on. Mean, let me brag. Let me brag for you. Let me brag. Wait, wait. Give me a break. 
31, nobody gets that. <laughs> what'd, you do, what'd you do, pay them? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> yeah. So hold on, let me do some bragging. All right, you guys, so Robert Cool Bell, one of the founders of Cool and the Gang, sold over 80 million records worldwide, 25 top R&B, top 10 R&B hits, nine top 10 pop hits, 31 gold and platinum albums. You guys know all the songs. So listen what I did yesterday. I, I'm a publicist, and I was working in my office. So I put Cool and Gang on Spotify to listen, and it played all day long, and I knew every song for hours and hours and hours. And I was so excited, you know, that you guys have. I, I even forgot some of the hits that you guys have uh, with such an illustrious career. And um, so I think it's, like, wonderful. Uh, and and I'm sure you get praised for it all the time, so you're, like, used to it. But so So tell us real quick, what's the guitar next to you with all the pictures on it? Oh, <laughs> Well, that, that, that's a gift that one of our fans gave us uh, with the four original members that you see on there, uh, George Brown, uh, Ronald Cleese Bell, and D.T. Thomas and myself. That's the one that's on, uh, on my right, I guess. And then right next to it, that's my bass. It's called Zahn. Zahn. His name is John Zahn. He's the one that designed that bass for me. That, that, that's a designer. I love it. Do fans give you stuff everywhere you go? Say again? Do fans give you stuff everywhere you go? Well, not everywhere, but we, 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 get, we get it from time to time. <laughs> well, well, did women really throw their panties on your stage? <laughs> what was the question? Did women, you have to speak loud. I said, did women throw their panties on your stage? And don't answer because <laughs> your wife will give you hell. So don't answer. <laughs> Every now and then, you know, <laughs> it, it depends. You know, you know, uh, we we're not we're not young anymore, but uh, no, but you're still a good looking you know, guy. You know, you're still handsome. Out there. You're still handsome, so I'm sure there's some panties flying. So around. you guys are still playing and touring. Uh, well, not right now during the thing, but you guys still tour because I follow your Twitter. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we we were doing over a uh, hundred shows a year. Woo. And of course now with the uh, with the lockdown and the uh, the Corona virus, I call it the Corona Blues. We <laughs> lost almost about forty shows. It looks like we might not be working until the beginning of twenty twenty one. So we'll have to see. So that so that gives me a good uh, a good push into the next thing. So while you're unable to perform. You actually have a whole new uh, project that you're working on. It's called La Cool Champagne. Tell us a little bit about your new champagne line. Yes, yes. We have a champagne called uh, La Cool, spelled L-E-K-O-O-L, uh, Champagne. Uh, we, I started out that idea and concept about a year ago when I was in uh, Europe. And I decided to name it La Cool because it had that French flavor to it. And... My partner's is up in uh, uh, in Rems, which is uh, the French there territory. Ah, there that's where the Dom Perignon, Cristal. The bottle just <laughs> showed up on your right. We can see it. Hold it up and hold up the bottle. It's to your right. Oh, there you go. There you go. It just, oh, just it, that just appeared. <laughs> that's my that's my producer over there. Can you guys see this? Yeah, that's what's good about your champagne. You don't have to buy it. You just wish for it, and it appears. <laughs> and also, also, this is a grand crew. If you know your champagnes, I just found all about it myself while here. 
years ago. I just drank champagne. I don't know the difference between Grand Cool, Booth, whatever, Chardonnay. <laughs> but yeah, this is a Grand Cool, and it's a. Um, oh shit, we lost him. <laughs> hey, Rebel, we can't hear him. What happened? <laughs> I wonder if they can hear us. No, we're still alive. We're we're like hooked up. Hang on, we can't hear you. His microphone's off. Uh, his microphone is off. I don't know how to tell him. Oh wait, we can write it in here. Hold on. I I can't unmute his microphone. Somebody on his side muted it or something, and I can't unmute it. Okay, hang on. Microphone is. There you go. Your microphone was off. Perfect. So whatever you just said, okay. we missed it. Say it again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What you said now? Uh, whatever you just said the whole time that we couldn't hear you. After you said "la cool champagne," oh. we kind of like missed okay. it. Okay, I missed all of the champagne. is from Brent's, and uh, my uh, deal, my business to put to the family, and, and this is where they do Don Pedro, Chris Down, you know. Uh, 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 all the big boys up there. And I decided to do champagne and call it Le Cool because I wanted to have that European vibe coming in yes. to America. Here it is, Le Cool Champagne, and it's a grand group. I love it. So, you guys, it's Le Cool Champagne. Uh, it's, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce it. It's a France, it's, it's done with France's longtime vineyard, the House of. Uh, Berthelo in New York, and it's available in New Jersey, California, New York, and Florida. It's 80% Pinot Noir, 20% Chardonnay. And, uh, and how's it going? People are loving it, right? Well, um, um, we're just getting out there again. Uh, for this year, as you know, because of the whole coronavirus and the lockdown. So we're selling pretty much uh, online now. I'll put this back over here. Uh, we're selling uh, on, online. Sounds good because Pinot Noir is my favorite red wine. <laughs> it's a mixture, though, of both. I know, but it's got to be a, a very good wine. Yeah, a lot of the restaurants are called. Uh, we're starting You're to mixing two good wines together. Right now, we're online. I, I didn't know, though, that because it's a champagne. I didn't know you mixed wines to make champagne. Champagne is a wine, Jimmy. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you could tell where he was raised. <laughs> Irish, Irish. All he knew was Thunderbird and Coca-Cola mixed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like, love it. So um, so I heard, I read, I, I Googled your champagne. It said it was a hit in France and Japan. Now you're bringing it to America. Um, there's some stores that are carrying it. Where do they go online to get it? LeCoolChampagne.com. So it's LeCoolChampagne.com. I don't know why the audio is so sketchy, huh? I don't know. Either. This is, this is, I don't who knows. <laughs> anyway, is it, is it a wine you can have with a dessert? Say that again? Is it a wine that you can have with a dessert? Uh, yes, you can. You can. Matter of fact, we might have the Good. Now I can plug my other friend. Buy Patty LaBelle's pies and drink his wine with Patty LaBelle's pies, and guaranteed you will be happy. <laughs> you have to have Patty LaBelle's. Uh, what is it? The crumb? The the, the 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 Oh my! What is it called? The one I get? It's about weighs about twelve pounds, and uh, it's called Cobbler. Patty LaBelle's Cobbler pie. It's delicious. Guaranteed. Have you ever eaten any of Patty LaBelle's pies? 
know. I can't hear anything he's no, saying. No, I can't either. I'm sorry, because we can't hear you. Uh, like you're, it, it's going in and out, and it's scratchy. I don't know if you can hear us or not. Um, but we have a good, we have a good connection. Um, we have also friends of ours that have an excellent champagne that uh, is all. Um, uh, it doesn't have any preservatives in it or any of that crap. It's a good champagne. But anyway, your champagne is probably very delicious, and I will try it. I certainly will, because I like champagne. Jimmy doesn't drink at all, but I do. I like champagne. So, so maybe, uh, hey, uh, can you hear us? Raise your hand if you can hear us. Yeah, see, he can't hear us, Rebel. I don't think he can hear us. Maybe, um, Re Rebel, uh, hey, hey, uh, hey, Robert, see if you can, like, hang up and dial back again, because we're having a big problem. We can't hear you, and we don't know why. Um, see if uh, Rebel, see if we can get him to call back. I don't know how to do it. Write, write it in the whole thing. Um, because they're saying I'm scratchy too. Um, and I don't know why. Let's see. What do you think, Rebel? Okay, Jimmy, you and Ron are clear. Y'all aren't scratchy, but there's some kind of interference on Mr. Cool's side. Okay, so okay. see if we can get him to call back. I don't know if he can even hear me to tell him that. Oh, which there's no way for you to tell him that, right? Oh, well, he just he, disappeared, he so maybe he's going to try and come back, and we'll see if it works. Okay. Um, sorry about that, everybody, but uh, they can said they can hear me. Oh, I love how that, like, pops up, though. Look how nice we look. <laughs> you know, guests are not uh, technicians, <clears throat> and you must remember that most of them don't even know how to work a computer. So when they do this, it's not their fault. They try hard to uh, do what's right, but they just screw up. So this is one of those events right now. Obviously, he's not um, Skype. Or what are we on now? No, we're on StreamYard, and he's coming back. Say something. Hello. Let's see if we can hear you. Now, side. Yeah, there's a problem on his side. Um, we can't hear him. You guys, so this is Robert Cool Bell. I don't know that we can, like, because we don't want to just keep trying talking, right? Uh, it'll mess everything up. So, you know what we'll do? Let's go to a song of his. We can't. We can't play music. All right. Um, because when you play music uh, uh, you, uh, that you don't have uh, permission to play, they like ban you from well, Facebook. Well, that's cool for permission. It doesn't. That's not how it works. <laughs> what the, the guy that invented the song it doesn't make any. Everybody we have on our show, we play their song, and then they they ban us, and they and that means the whole the whole show will get deleted, and YouTube won't play it. It's a it's, a, it's a whole new world. The world where... is full of communism. We <laughs> I like hate it. I'm I'm sorry, Robert. We can't hear you at all. It's all coming through, all scratchy, like there's something. So uh, they wanted me to mention the website again. Um, uh, the uh, the website is lecoolchampagne.com. L-E-K-O-O-L Champagne C-H-A-M-P-A-G-N-E.com, and um, you can get it uh, in the chat room. They're saying it sounds like a bandwidth issue on his end, um, but we can't hear him at all, and. Um, I don't know what to do exactly. One of the great challenges in this world. I have no idea. I'm not a technician. <laughs> I'm only talent. He, I can hear him. I see him talking, but it's not working. You guys, we apologize. We don't know what's going on, but um, that is the website. And uh, I think that we're going to have to say goodbye to Mr. Cool, Robert Cool Bell, because it's not really working when we can't hear anything. What do you think? Well, we'll bring them back again, absolutely, when they get it right on their side, because we're okay. We're clear. We're doing good. Obviously, he's got something there that's causing confusion. 
All right. So, uh, Mr. Robert Coolbell, everybody, uh, La Cool Champagne. I'm sorry this isn't working, but we're uh, going to have to uh, cut it. Oh, and now his video just went off, his, his uh, microphone, but there's something wrong with his sound. Um, so let's let's go back to us. And, and I'm sorry. I don't know what happened, you guys. Um, I apologize, but we can't hear him, and I haven't. We don't normally have problems. It has to be something with the, the bandwidth on his side. That's why you got to do a rehearsal before a show, and see if they have right equipment because these guys don't know. Are, he, he's probably my age. I'm 80, so he's got to be 70 something up there with me because they were from my day. Yes, cool. Well, they're my day, 70s, yeah. 60s, and 70s. Yeah, cool. And the gang was so they're they're up there. They're in their 70s. So we want to welcome to you, Thomas Claxton has joined us in the chat room. What's hey, up, Thomas? Hey, Tommy. Hey, Tommy. 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 What's going on? Hope all is well. Tommy, are you with the same girl? <laughs> well, he was hung up on. I thought they were going to get married. I thought they was like love and bloom. It's all clear. Oh, we're trying it again. Let's see if he comes through. Uh, looks like we're trying it again. Uh, maybe we're not. I'm not sure. Anyway, you guys. Um, sorry, it took a while to get in. Hey, Dave Hughes has joined us now too. Let's say hi to Dave Hughes from Stars Now UK. And um, cool, hit your microphone. Let's see if we can see it. He's there. Uh, unmute your mic. Unmute your mic. Hilarious. Okay, now undo your mic. There we go. Up. Oh, there you go. Say something. Yes, yeah, I don't hear him at all. Well, we should have earplugs on. Uh, no, I mean, we can't hear him. That has nothing to do with it. We should be able to hear him. It's like his microphone's not connected to his computer or something. We can't hear your mic at all, Mr. Cool. Not at all. Hang on. I wonder if I send him a little mic, a, a message. If you can hear me, read the, read the private chat, and I'll, like, uh, send you a little message. Like not plugged in. This is what they call dead air. Dead air is a disaster to any show because people tune in. They want entertainment. They don't want to hear your technical problems or the dead air where nobody's speaking at all. So I apologize for this. But if, as I said before, it's not our fault. It's uh, some of the people that come in. They're just not savvy on as what to do. With, um, um, read the thing, Mr. Robert Coolbell, everybody. At least he looks, look how great he looks, though. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's a shame because he was a nice guy and I wanted to ask him a lot of things. But we'll do it again. Yeah, well, there's nothing we can do about it. Uh, we'll do it again with the rehearsal. Uh, you can't, it's very difficult to do a rehearsal. Well, you can do it on another link, but you can't use the same link that you've got because that's the link for the show. This is new technology, the way things are like going. And, uh, you know, years ago, I remember we would stand on a stage and do an interview live. We never had any difficulties. Technology today. Actually, they're reading the thing now, though, so they can see it. So, OK. Anyway, we're sorry, you guys. Um, they're going to try and schedule another time. And I guess we'll have to make sure that we can hear them. But Robert Coolbell, everybody. Cool in the gang. Um, LeCoolChampagne.com. L-E-K-O-O-L. Champagne.com. What a freaking superstar. Sold more records than almost anybody. I'm sorry we didn't get to talk to him more, um, but it's all freaked out. And uh, it says, Angela Joseph wrote, this is okay, Ron. We're all learning the video podcast during quarantine. Hopefully we'll always keep getting better at the video interviews. I hope so. Oh, yeah, so. and Dave Hughes, you missed it. He is a legend. It was Robert Cool Bell from Cool and the Gang, uh, but we can't actually hear. hear uh, we couldn't hear him. We only heard him a little bit at the beginning, so we had some technical difficulties. And, yes, we're not kidding. What a legend. <laughs> Dave, how are you? I hope everything is good. 
Um, Dave, Dave, did you see my happy birthday video that Jimmy did? <clears throat> Go on my page and look at it. You see, I'll go to YouTube. You see Eileen Shapiro's boobs and cleavage. It's hilarious. You will love it because <laughs> you're a dirty pig. Yes, you are. Now we get to like talk about people because we got a lot of time to kill. <laughs> Dave Hughes, when you see those set of jugs, you're going to blow a fuse. Oh, uh, B. Claudia wrote, he's 69 to answer Ron's questions. Oh, Robert Cool Bell's 69. Good. That's my age. Yes, that's your age. B, B, we love you. The video is great. Everybody says they can see us. Terrific. They said they love our shirts. Good. And Mine is salmon. It photographs Mine's orange. pink. It photographs <laughs> orange, but it's salmon. And salmon is one of my favorite colors. And he says he will go see... Uh, he will uh, He will go watch the video. We got like 50-something people, Dave, that are, oh, I should have had you do something, Dave. I should have had you do something for his birthday because I tried yeah, to get we, as many we, people we, in the chat room yeah. as I could. You should have whacked off on the video. Yeah. And Teresa Saban, I don't know if we said anything uh, uh, hi to Teresa Saban because I don't know if she was in the thing and I don't know if she's still there, but I wanted to always give her a special shout-out and a, a thank you for all you do. You, share, you and Anton uh, share all our stuff all over Twitter and Facebook, and we so appreciate it. Um, Yes, Jimmy's shirt looks pink and Ron's shirt looks like orange sherbet. No, but it's not. It's salmon, the color of a, a fish, a salmon or whatever. I love salmon because I remember in the 1970s, we did everything in seafoam green and salmon and also flamingo. And I loved it. I was living in Beverly Hills at the time. And my friend Martine Heck, who was married to Ben Heck, the famous producer, she had her entire living room done in seafoam walls with salmon furniture and white. Oh, my God. I never saw anything as beautiful in my life. So we quickly converted our house. We also lived in Beverly Hills on, on Spalding Drive. <clears throat> and we converted our house to salmon and, and seafoam and flamingo. I still love those colors. I would use them again. They were, they're almost back. Because in the 1950s, everybody used turquoise and um, pink and, and green. Those were the colors of the 1950s. Today, they do everything in gray and blue. That's not 1950s, 50s, folks. I don't know where they got that from, but we didn't have gray and blue in the 1950s. We loved color. We're actually not color coordinated on purpose because, like, I wasn't around when he was getting dressed. I didn't know what he was wearing. <laughs> and he's not. My... I just happened to like pink. I wear a lot of pink. I can. I and, would wear it and, every and he's day. Not, he's not my my my. Uh, you know what is it anyway that I should diminish who I am because of him? How dare he? <clears throat> he's got a matching watch though. Look at his watch. See, it's orange and green. Meanwhile, if you hear my voice is raspy, I had a test where they went down with a camera. An endoscopy, endoscopy. Yeah, they were filming my intestines. Anyway, everything came back wonderful, all negative. Everything is good. So my voice is still scratchy from that stupid thing where that went down. They knocked me out, and I, w I was dreaming. It was a beautiful sleep. Michael Jackson juice, I call it. And I really would love to have somebody come and give it to me every night. Oh, yeah. That's not good, though. <laughs> no, because you sleep. You sleep like, so good. Oh, my God. What a sleep. I slept for an hour. I felt like I had 20 hours of deep sleep because you have no REM. Your brain is dead. It's like you're dead. When they give you that stuff, it's the same as being a corpse. Fucking Lady Lake says she likes sequins, and she used to wear them to the grocery store. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Ron would do that, too, actually. That's something Ron would do. Well, not really. No, I wouldn't wear them to the supermarket because I don't go to supermarkets. 
But I would wear sequin clothes uh, in the evening. You love sequins. I do. In the evening, I wear. I still do. I have T-shirts with one with a, a silver sequin snake on it by some big shot designer. And Dave Hughes says he hates the endoscopy. He tried to get it without getting knocked out. And Jane, Jane Doe says the salmon cover is amazing on you, Ron. The watch is super nice, also. Oh, how sweet! But you guys, Jane Doe is Angela Joseph, and she's a producer on a bunch of great films. And um, Ron and I are working on some of them. They're very fabulous. One of them that we keep talking about is Clown Motel 2. Uh, she's got a couple other ones, though, which she has to write in there because um, I don't remember what they are. <laughs> and Jimmy and I must <laughs> never, ever let Dave Hughes meet Angie Baby. That's right. Because he will attack her. He says we love Angie. <laughs> oh, see that? Because he knows her bra size is like a 42 double D. I don't know anything about bra sizes. Well, that's big. And that's why <laughs> Dave Hughes loves her because of her bra size. He's a pig. You got to like love it, though. Yeah. I, I think it's But we must hilarious. never let Dave meet Angie. Dave, never. have you ever been to the U.S., Dave, and visited us? Let us know. Um, it's very interesting because Dave, you guys, we know what Dave looks like. We had him come on one of our Christmas shows. We'll have to bring him on again. Uh, Compatible, uh, which is one of the movies, you guys, and Appetite for Sin. And uh, those are two of the moves she's working on. We're going to like film little cameos for them from our house and uh, put them in there. And B says she has tons of sequins on everything. And Dave said that's Wait like a, a month's Sher viewing. Is Sherry Davis <clears throat> in Appetite? I appetite for Sin? Yeah, I think Sherry's in Appetite. Oh, she might be. She is. I'm pretty positive. I love Sherry Davis. Dave Hughes by Appetite. Sherry Davis, you know, the hottie, the, the, the sexiest woman on film. We haven't had her on the show yet, but we will. Oh, my God. She's so sexy. It's terrible. She just talks and her lips and her nose and her body is just sexy woman. She yeah, oozes. she's a vampire in, in one of those. Oh, Which one? Oh, oh, I, Appetite for sin. Appetite, Appetite for sin. Yeah, I know that. We spoke about it. Uh, she and I spoke about it. I love Sherry Davis, and she's moving into a new flat, and we're all happy for her because she's happy with the new flat. So that the new apartment. I know. I was going to say flat. That's a British word. No, it's not. No, it's not. In my day, it was called a flat. Uh, usually in New York City, the tenements, they were called flats. They weren't called apartments because I don't know why. Apartments came in many years later. Dave but, Hughes says he's dribbling because he loves vampires. And wait till you see Sherry Davis. Oh, wait till you see <laughs> Sherry Davis. She's got the bazooms jacked up to her nostrils. I mean, you're going to see boobs and body and ass and gorgeousness mm -hmm. and hot and sexy. Sherry Davis is, and she's not cheap looking. She doesn't look like a slut. She just looks like a, a woman that everybody wants to jump on. It says she's incompatible in Clown Motel too. She plays a military medic. Yeah, I know. I, I was supposed to be, you know, Joe rewrote this whole fucking movie because I was supposed to be married to Lorene Landon in the movie. And now Lorene's not even in the script. And uh, Sherry was supposed to be in one of my scenes also. So Joe either cut my scenes out or he rewrote it. But I doubt he cut my scenes out because without me, the movie is worthless. <laughs> <laughs> And you know that. Oh, Backpack John joined us, too. I don't know if he was in there before or not. I don't know if I saw him. Hey, Backpack, what's going on? <laughs> oh, Backpack John made a comment, though, about the popcorn glory hole. Because <laughs> he's the one who didn't know what the glory hole was two weeks ago. Oh, this is the virgin, the vanilla boy. That's hilarious. Why, all you do is get an erection, stick it in a popcorn box, and put some popcorn around it, and then say to your girlfriend, you want some popcorn. When she puts a hand in there, she feels popcorn. 
That's like that's like Justin Timberlake and Andy Samberg's song "Dick in a Box." Yeah, well, this is it's, <laughs> this actually that was an old joke, a nightclub joke years ago. Uh, I don't remember the joke, but that was the punchline. The guy put got a, bo- a square box, put his wang in it, and sh- surrounded it with popcorn, and said to his girlfriend, "Here, honey, have some popcorn." <laughs> <laughs> a sleazy way to get a little hand job, but anyway. Actually, uh, Jane, jo- jo- uh, Angela Joseph says she hasn't read the script yet. Where did you read it? So Joe sent a preliminary script for Ron for his birthday, yeah, it's but he's only- not supposed to share it with anybody. <laughs> no, it's all, it, it, it takes place where Joe and I are in an office somewhere, and he finds me desirable and he starts kissing me and feeling me up and I do the same to him and we wind up taking our clothes off and having sex on the desk <laughs> with, with bayonets and helmets on and combat boots. So I think it should be an interesting film. Talk 4 TV says, I thought you didn't put your wang in boxes anymore, Ron. <laughs> oh, I never did. I ne- Listen, let me tell you, I was a cute guy. I never had to put my dick anywhere. They were always trying to grab it, even my pants. I mean, I got felt up in the subways in New York. Every gay guy in Manhattan targeted me and would feel me up. They'd come behind me. Because, you know, the cars were crowded with people. You couldn't move. And they'd rub against me. They were all having a good time. You know. And Angela, you're right. It was a fantasy sequence. Ron's got a lot of fantasy sequences. Every movie he's in, he has to find somebody that he can have a fantasy sequence with. <laughs> no, Joe Kelly wants to marry me. I keep saying no. Yes. And saying, Dean's the one who said that was Dean. Dean whom? Oh, Dean? Dean Piper. Wants to marry me? No, he says he thought you didn't put your wang in boxes anymore. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> hey, Dean, it's a, good, it's a good excuse for you. That's funny because Rebel's saying that was Dean, not me. <laughs> yeah, Dean, 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 Dean everybody watching the pipe show. You got, listen, to, uh, listen to Dean's pipe show. He's got a brain. He pipe said, man. pipe man. He's got a brain and he says shit that's. That's valuable. Also, we want to welcome John Diadimo. Uh, that's Cindy Lady Lake's uh, son, and he's he says he showed up during a great conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, popcorn in a box. Popcorn in a box, and dick in a box, and. <laughs> but think about it. You're in a movie. It's the box is on your lap. Your wine is hard. It's inside the box with popcorn around it, and you say to your girlfriend, "Would you like some popcorn?" I mean, what better way than to get her to grab you? Absolutely. Right. I love it. I did that with Jimmy, but the only problem is Jimmy's head went inside the box. (laughs) (laughs) And he broke the box. (laughs) You got like... (laughs) That's hilarious. Sometimes I laugh at my own shit. (laughs) (laughs) I could just picture Jimmy's head going inside the popcorn box. (laughs) Let's try that, Jim. (laughs) <laughs> oh, actually, Angela Jofa said, wasn't that in the movie Porky? So let me tell you guys a was story. It? What, it, was it? When mm-hmm. I was in high school, uh, uh, when I was in high school, you guys, my senior year of high school, I worked at a movie theater. It was around the corner from my house, and Porky's played there for like three months. So I've seen that movie Porky's probably like 10,000 times. And well, uh, did he have a wang in the box? I don't even I don't remember that part, but it was a great movie. They did a whole bunch of other you know creepy, fun stuff. Everybody should see that movie. Everybody should see Porky's. Did you ever see Porky's? You wouldn't have seen it probably back then because you were kind of prissy. I was never prissy. Me prissy? <laughs> Where the fuck are you coming from? Me prissy? I was the most earthy person in the world. Everybody that knew me, they met me for the first time. They thought I was a snob. And then in 10 minutes later, they'd say to me, you know, I thought you were stuck up in a snob, but you're really not. You're really a down-to-earth nice guy. I say, well. Porky's was great. Because I didn't walk in the room and blow everybody? I mean, you know, come on. When I was in high school, 
this is what you guys always got to be careful when you like go to the movies. Yeah, I don't think you have to worry about it anymore. But back in, back 30 years ago, was that 30 years ago I was in high school? No, 40 years ago. <laughs> You're an old queen. <clears throat> what we used to do to make money. Oh, yeah. Porky's was full of crazy money. So after the movies, you know, you have to go in and pick up all the like garbage and stuff. So we used to look for the cleanest glasses and the cleanest popcorn things and clean them out the best we could. And then we'd resell them and pocket the money. <laughs> now, that is a disgusting <laughs> low life fucking thing to do Jim. i made like 20 dollars a week though doing that yeah well <laughs> that was a, which was a lot of money back then he's not telling you about the money he used to make in the back row when he'd sit there with oh, the direction no that's and all not the true. old queens used to go in the back of the row back they row. thought it was funny <laughs> i thought it was disgusting because it really know. was when you think about it now like oh, yeah. looking back on it but i was like a stupid kid kids do stupid shit and i needed to make money what do you mean did <laughs> <laughs> Wrong tense, baby. Yeah. We did. <clears throat> no, we still do some stupid shit, but you it's bet. all fun. You bet. <clears throat> we gotta have fun in the world, and the world is not really like having fun. So everybody oh, needs even to want have to talk fun. About no, it. we're not talking about don't it. Don't ever go there. What I, I'm saying is that we I have to have living, fun. I am living in a capsule because I cannot bear to watch anything anymore on television. It upsets me, and that is ruining my health. Turner Classic Movies, baby. We're watching Turner Classic Movies and Netflix and. Because when you get to be my age, you have to be very careful of what you intake by food and also by brains. Watch what you watch at my age because it can harm you. It can get you so depressed and so down that your immune system lowers and you become vulnerable to certain illnesses. So try to keep yourself as happy and as up as you can, no matter what's going on. And what's going on right now could kill a lot of people. Teresa Saban says, turn off the TV and turn on the music. So I'm going to give a music rec a recommendation for everybody. So I was like going through. Was that nice <clears throat> to cut me off like that? Yeah, you were done. You thought? Well, uh, yeah. I didn't say my last syllable. Okay, what's the last syllable? Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, okay. So listen, you guys, I got a great, uh, I got a, I got a, a great new. Uh, artist and he's not even new i'm just old and so i didn't know he was an artist uh when ron's sleeping at night i watch uh i watch the voice like uh blind auditions and i watch auditions on america's got talent to relax me because i think it's fun and i was watching uh america's got talent and a guy sang a song called uh break my heart again by phineas and i i had never heard of it i watched the video it's the most fantastic song ever and phineas is billy eilish's brother who writes all her songs and she's like the biggest star on the planet but everybody needs to listen to his ep because because phineas is like one of the greatest like artists out there now today i loved it so much and Teresa saban was sharing the video that i was uh that i put on jimmy stars world for people to listen to b claudia says she loves it and uh, so it's really really good everybody needs to uh listen to it because i think you will like absolutely freaking like love it oh everybody loves it good everybody like it it's really really good and angela joseph says animals Clouds, puppies, and love. No negativity in our bubble. There you go. Um, and Netflix and Sin Under a Tree by Dan. Oh, B. Claudia watches Netflix under a tree in her garden. That's nice, too. That's relaxing. Don't go to sleep. Like, your shit's any more interesting. Are you still speaking? Yeah, don't be a dick. That was, like, not nice. Darling, if I'm not a dick, you're going to be cruising the streets looking for one. So I'd better stay a dick. <laughs> That's not true. That is true, slut uh, a bitch. Everybody yes, he's a fantastic songwriter, though. B, you're right. He's so good. What, what other, what kind of music are you guys listening to? Who's somebody really good? I know Ron won't like it, but I like uh, very much Savage. That song, Savage. 
uh, by whoever sings that song, Savage. Everybody on TikTok is using it. And if you're on TikTok, please follow me. I'm Dr. Jimmy Starr on TikTok because I'm trying to get on there. I know several of you in the chat room are on TikTok. And uh, it's fun. It's kind of hard to learn how to do because I'm so old. Um, old. You know, I don't like this haircut. I look like Julie Andrews. Yeah, but Julie Andrews is wonderful. Yeah, but it's a Julie Andrews haircut. <clears throat> this looks like Victor Victoria haircut. I like my hair when it's longer and wild. This is too, too combed. It looks well, like push a, it up a little. It looks like a toupee. No, it doesn't look like a toupee. Yeah, That's what I like it when it sticks all straight up like, like that. that. Yeah, like from the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, I like that. The Munchkin from the Wizard of Oz. Um, yes, I actually did too. I have seen. I saw James Corden with Billie Eilish in the carpool karaoke, which is a, a very cool thing. Everybody's knocking that off now, but but it was very cool. I'm not interested. I'm only interested in my vanity. Okay. And my hair and my face. That's all in I your hair and your face. <laughs> <sighs> but look how fabulous you look. Look at that picture. I know, darling. You look terrific. I know, darling. <laughs> he's he's got a little bit of vanity going on. No, I don't. None at all. No, I just don't like a ha bad haircut. I cut this shit myself. And I don't know what the fuck I was thinking when I cut it. If I thought I was Julie Andrews. Do you like Julie Andrews? I love Julie Andrews. Victor okay. Victoria, Sound of Music, yes. Princess uh, Diary. You know, I met her. I have a Julie Andrews story. Okay. We went to see Victor Victoria when it was on Broadway. And I never do this. I never go to the stage door and wait for the star, ever. But with Julie Andrews, I really wanted to just see her in person to see if she was as lovely as on screen. And on stage, you can't really see her. Well, she came out, and it was winter, winter time. And she came out with the muffle over her mouth and nose. And a fan went up to her and started talking and gave her a picture to sign. And she said, please forgive me, but I cannot talk to you or stay here because of, of the, the cold. But I'm, I'm genuinely so sorry. She was the most ladylike woman. Most people just push you away. Like Dana Ross, you know, you go up for her autograph. She gets a pencil and stabs you in the eye. But Julie, Julie Andrews was so ladylike and divine and i was so impressed so as she walked by me i said to her what a wonderful thing to have said to a fan and she smiled at me and she said thank you there you go so she was a real <clears throat> she's a lady cool lady she's celebrity a real lady she's <clears throat> she's very gracious though i forgot her exact wordage but it was something like i know she said please forgive me for not stopping and talking to you and signing your picture because of her voice, you know, she sings in this musical. She can't take the night air. They all do that. And she was on her way to her limo, which so, really wasn't a limo. It was a Jeep. They don't even take stars around in limos anymore. They're in Jeeps, big major stars like that. They threw her in the black Jeep. Yeah, a lot of times, like those big SUVs. No, this was a black Jeep. Like you go to Africa and shoot lions and... Okay. People that shoot lions should die anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but really, I mean, I was so like, Julie Andrews in a Jeep. So wait, let's ask you a hypothetical then. And everybody in the chat room, you can answer too. So so you all get to meet fun, cool celebrities. <laughs> Who's a bucket list celebrity for you that you would be like, oh my gosh, I would really like to meet this celebrity. And uh, and who is somebody that you haven't met because you've met so many people. Who would you like to meet? Oh, that's easy for me. I adore her. I love her. Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren? Oh, yeah, I adore her. Actually, oh, I like Helen Mirren too. I adore her, I don't, and the other one too. I love her. Dave Hughes says Al Pacino. No, that, ugh, I heard he's a creep. Uh, give but, me a girl, a guy too. What's a guy you want to meet? Oh, a guy I want to meet. Oh, Jason. 
Oh, Jason Statham. Yeah. <laughs> You know, if I'm going to grab somebody's dick and go to prison for it, it's going to be Jason Stakeman. Jane, uh, Jane D'Angelo wrote Billy Huffsey from Fame, but you've already talked to him, so so like that's not a count. So you have to like do somebody else since you've actually you haven't actually met him, but you've talked to him on the phone. That's not as good. That that doesn't count for me. Charlize Theron, I, I love Charlize Theron so much. I do too. It's not even like funny, and for a dude, wait, I, wait, Charlize, I could look at her face on screen for hours. She's probably the most perfect human being as far as features goes, and so beautiful. God, Lady so Lake says Judy Dench, which would be a good one for me too. That's the one I was looking for. Besides Helen, it was Judy Dench. That movie that she did, where she was the gave up her kid for adoption and then went to look yep. for her when he was old. I, I'm adopted, so that movie totally like hit home for me. And uh, and I think she's one of the greatest actresses ever. I love Absolutely. her. Absolutely, I would love to meet her, and I'd love to meet the other one too. Um, Who's the other one? The one I love. You know, Maggie Smith. Oh, yeah, Maggie Smith. A funny lady. There's, those English old broads are fabulous. I'd like to be in, in in London having tea with the four of them. Oh, wouldn't that be awesome? Oh, I would be in my glory. Maybe we could do it at Downton Abbey. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I sat on Lauren Bacall's lap at a luncheon, <clears throat> and that was my most fun. People say to me, what was the funniest thing you've ever done with a celebrity? And I said, uh, Lauren Bacall was a friend of mine had a thousand dollar a plate luncheon for her. And I went there as media covering it and nobody had a chair for me. So I said to Lauren, I said, here I am to cover this thing and nobody gave me a chair. What am I supposed to stand around for two hours? She said, no, come sit on my lap. Well, I did. And she started to laugh. And then after I was on it for a while, she said, okay, now you can get the fuck off me. <laughs> So I knew I was in love with Lauren Bacall because she said that with humor and laughing. And she turned out to be the nicest lady in the world. We chatted for the longest time. I asked her questions about Bogart, and uh, the answers were just such praise. I mean, she just worshipped Bogey. Uh, she not only loved him, but she, she just thought he was the most amazing man in the world and probably one of the best actors. And it was so nice to hear a wife speak of her husband. That a lot way. of people in the chat room said Maggie Smith. Dave Hughes says he met the queen and he met. I've met many a queen. I'm not impressed. Um, met the queen. He also met Prince Charles and Lady Diana. And uh, so John, great actress in our uh, actually. Oh, see, like he said, imagine, uh, B. Claudia says, imagine if you did a book and then you did it, an audio book, and that way they could just hear you talking about all these like people that you, that you met. They like your voice, too. I would do that if I didn't have to go into stories that I don't want to tell. But it would be such a flowery book, and it would sound like all bullshit. It would be, I love this, I love that, I like that. People read these books to hear the nasty, the gritty-gritty. And I won't do that because... Moments I've shared with Jane Russell in my house at three in the morning by the fire, just the two of us talking. She came clean with so much Hollywood stuff that it was shocking me. Uh, stars that I knew so well on the screen and what they were all about and parties she went to. And I couldn't do that. I, I just couldn't. They said audio with just short episodes. Maybe you should start your own like YouTube show, you know, Ron stories or something and do little videos of stories of different but nobody people. would watch because they sound like lollipop Cinderella stories. Oh, I, I think they would. I, think I, I can't do the crudeness of it. Like the Shelley Winters, Jane Russell fight. Okay. That I could go public with. Jane Russell and Shelley Winters were at Jack Palance's house in Beverly Hills. Everybody at the party was sitting on the floor by the fire drinking quite a lot. Shelley Winters was just cast for a film 
with uh, Robert Mitchum, who's Jane Russell's best friend. I put the guy with the love and hate on his hands. What was the name of that movie? Anyway. Oh, uh, uh, Fear. Cape Fear? No. Oh. Uh, Shelley Winters plays a woman that marries this nut, and she's a religious fanatic, and he stabs her under a crucifix in the bed to kill her. Well, Jane Russell, being a born-again Christian, felt that that role was perfect for her, and she wanted that role. So they were drinking quite a lot, and Shelley said something about the role, and Jane Russell said, well, the reason you get all your roles is because you fuck everybody in Hollywood. Maybe I should try doing that. Well, they didn't speak. <laughs> they didn't speak for like 40-something years. Now, it's Shelley Winter's 85th birthday party, and Jane Russell is my date. So I'm going to the party with Jane, never knowing any of this. And Shelley said to me, why did you bring her here? And I said, why? That's Jane Russell. You don't like her? She said, no, I don't like her. And I said, why? She said, I can't tell you now, but I'll tell you later. And she never told me later. No, wait, I asked Jane, why are you and Shelley not talking? Jane said, I have not a clue. I don't know. Then when I was at lunch with Shelley and a bunch of people at the Silver Spoon in Hollywood, she told me the story about what Jane said. Now, I went back to Jane and I said, did you really say that to her? And you used the fuck word? She said, no, why would I do that? She said, not at all. She said, that's Shelly. You know, she's a dirty mouth. And she likes to make everything worse than it is. She said, but I did say, I might have said, um, that role belongs to me, but you got it through um, influence or something like that. And I thought, Jane's full of shit, too. She must have, <laughs> she must have, said, she must have said, you fuck everybody in Hollywood, because Shelley Winters did fuck everybody in Hollywood. All she'd do at lunch is say the two men that were the best fucks she ever had. Burt Lancaster had a gigantic dick, fat and thick and big, but he was rough in bed. He used to knock her head to a wall. Sean Connery was doubly hung, bigger than the Burt Lancaster. She was a size queen, Shelley. And he was the most gentle man in bed. His sex, she said, was divine. So the best man she's ever slept with, and she slept with hundreds. Was, hundreds. No, seriously. She, she said when she was in high school, she blew the entire football team. That's true. And she wrote it in her book. Shelly Winters was a very sexual lady who had no care. In those days, those women were called whores, and people didn't like them, and they were condemned. Not Shelly Winters. She was a free woman. I loved Shelly. I, I saw her the day before she passed away. I went to the hospice, and uh, we were holding hands, and I said the little hand that she had, it was so fragile. And I said, Shelly, when are you going to come on my show? She said, honey, as soon as I get better. I said, okay, because I had set the record straight at the time, my TV show. And, of course, she passed away just hours later. Um, great loss to the film industry and to people who loved her. Lost a lot of good people. I don't want to lose any more. He's saying uh, she did a movie with Burt Lancaster called The Scalp Hunters. Did you see that ever? Oh, yeah. She's made a couple of movies with Burt. But Shelley liked to bang the guys she worked with. You know, it was no big deal. Uh Tony Francioso, I flew from New York to L.A. with next to each other on an airplane. And we spoke the whole time about his relationship with Shelley Winters. And we spoke about Anna Magnani when he made the movie Written on the Wind. And he said that Anna Magnani was the best actress he ever worked with, that she was just absolutely incredibly real in her role. And he said, Shelley, you know, Shelley got by with acting, but she was never really a great actor. And I said to him, I beg to differ with you. I thought she did some outstanding work. 
And he said, well, you know, I don't know. So I said, okay, so she divorced you. You don't like her. She's not a good actress. And he started to laugh. He was so, a sweet guy, Tony Francioso. So also, uh, Angela re-up changed her like thing. So she wrote Dwayne Johnson. That's The that? Rock. Um, she would like she would like to meet because we had the question was who did you want to meet? She said Jane Dwayne Johnson. You know The Rock, Fast and Furious. Oh, the, oh yeah, I like him. He's yeah, he's nice. awesome. And then he's from Fort Lauderdale, and she wrote Carrie Washington. He's Hawaiian, right? Oh, I don't know, but he lived in Fort said Lauderdale. He was Hawaii. I Hawaiian. think he might be. And then Jane wrote, she knew what, Shelly Winters knew what she wanted and went after it. And so does Jane Doe, Angela Joseph, so she knows what that's like. Yeah, but Shelly Winters was just a healthy woman. She was a very sexy woman. Um, I, of course, knew her in her old age. She wasn't sexy anymore. She was just a you know, dumpy old lady who was adorable, um, but had a sense of humor that, God, she could have been a stand-up comic. And her story, you know, we used to meet every Thursday at the Silver Spoon. Which isn't there anymore, Which is gone, and my heart's broken because it was a celebrity hangout. If I tell you the people that used to be there, my good buddy who just passed away, too, um, Robert um, Foster. Bob, Bobby and I, I mean, I love Robert Foster. He would always have the one table by the window, and I always had, by the, not by, by the wall that overlooked the street. And I had the table next to him. We saw him, too, at a movie premiere not that long ago. And now he's passed away, unfortunately. Yeah, and I went down and I hugged him and I said, hi, how are you? Where the fuck are you? Are you working? He said, I'm working more now than before. We had a long chat. And then that was the last time I saw Bob Foster. And he died recently. Yeah, he died shortly after seeing him. Um, it's a shame because Bob was a great guy and he was a good actor who never really got to be famous, but he was a good actor. But he's in everything big. I brought Jane Russell to the Silver Spoon, Mr. Blackwell to the Silver Spoon, everybody. Uh, everybody hung out there. It was Nobody knew about it. They did know about it, but they didn't know about it. The inn people knew. And every Thursday, Shelley had a table at the Silver Spoon. So Eileen, Eileen has joined us now in the chat room. What's up, Eileen? How are you? She says we look cute today. Oh, good. Show us your boobs. Let's see how cute you look. And let's do a quick commercial. So, you guys, we want to thank everybody for tuning in every week. You can hear us live on W4CY Radio from 12 to 2 p.m. Pacific Time or 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time. We're also on K4HD Radio in L.A., Jackalope Radio in Kansas City, iHeartRadio, uh, which we would love it if you would listen to us on iHeartRadio. We're on Stitcher, Audioboom, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spreaker, Apple TV, Podbean, Spotify, and Pandora. Those are like the biggest ones. We're also on like 100 more. Um, so you can basically find us everywhere. And on television, you can see us on Comcast, Roku, Vimeo, and YouTube. And uh, we want to thank everybody for tuning in every week and, and uh, giving us great ratings. We appreciate it so much, and we appreciate all your support. Eileen Shapiro, you know me. You've been in my company. What stops you from raping and attacking me? <laughs> <clears throat> She's not writing anything right now. She's, she will. She will. My cane has flowers. B. Claudia is on a cane now, you guys, because she heard her back. So she's got a cane with flowers. Eileen says, "I'm the one. I'm what stops you." Oh, Jimmy's what stops me? <laughs> Listen, we could, we could, Eileen, we could get rid of Jimmy. Seriously, we could get rid of Jimmy. Jimmy doesn't have your boobs, and I love boobs. <laughs> I love you, Eileen. All jokes aside, I really love you. All you guys in the chat room are so great, too. So thank you so much. We appreciate you guys tuning in. In about seven to ten minutes, we're going to have our second guest come on, Kenny Aronoff. 
uh, one of the greatest drummers ever. Uh, literally, like Rolling Stone has, has I don't know about him. that. I know one of the greatest drummers ever. Okay. You know who he is. Who? I forgot his name. The one, <laughs> the one that pays for Pink Floyd with, with, with um, what's his name? Scott. Scott Page. Our little friend. Oh, Dave Kendrick. Dave Kendrick is the greatest drummer ever. I think we have to ask this guy who's a better drummer. He, he or Dave? Oh, well, this guy's a little bit bigger. But yeah, but can he move his hands like Dave does? Yes, if he's considered one of the greatest drummers I ever. I mean, I've seen Dave at work, and his hands are those those things. What do they call them? Those sticks you bang the drum with? What do you call drumsticks? Them? Drumsticks. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen them go so fast that you can't even see where they're going. He's terrific, but I'm sure this guy is good too. But we'll bust his chops a little by talking about the other Dave. He's uh anyway this this one this day this one which we're gonna like tell everybody about but he's like worked with Paul McCartney John Mellencamp the Rolling Stones Lady Gaga I mean all huge people whereas Dave Kendrick is a great drummer but he hasn't quite have quite that well Dave is young yeah you know he's not he's not young Dave Kendrick he's like seventy something who who are you talking about <laughs> if you're who not are you talking, talking about? about the drummer for Revolution. No, I'm talking. You're so fucked up. It's amazing. How, oh, you're talking about Stephen you, Perkins. Stephen Perkins. Stephen Perkins is one of the great. Is a great That's drummer. I'm also, talking about Stephen Perkins. Stevie's drumsticks fly. I've never seen anybody. We love Gene Krupa. I would compare Stevie to Gene Krupa. Okay, and Gene Krupa was the greatest drummer ever in the world. Guys, you have to go to uh, Scott Page's thing, the Big Tent. What's it called? Think experience. <laughs> the think, the think, the think. Stop laughing. The think superior. What's it, oh God, you make me all confused. The thing. What is it called? Think, ex think experience in downtown LA when uh, Scott plays and all the boys play. It is such an evening of fabulous, fabulous music. You lay in the lounge and you look up at the ceiling of this dome and all kinds of magic happens. All kinds of images come across the dome. Everything is beautiful. It's a great show. How much is it? Is it a lot of money? Um, no, I don't know. We don't pay because we're comped all the time because we, 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 we say nice things about them. What are you looking at? I'm I'm looking for the link for for our next guest to come in. Oh, but I want to just find out how much the show costs. I don't I don't know how much it costs. Eileen, it's how not much? a lot. She's looking. She's helping me right now, so don't worry about that one. But Eileen says one of the greatest drummers is Jola. Who the fuck is Jola? That's Adam Ant's drummer. <laughs> oh, blow it out! Which your we ass, met. No, Eileen. she is a great drummer. It's a female I, drummer. I met her. I she, love drummers, you guys. A, she was a doll. But get over the Adam Ant thing, Eileen. Your whole life you spent chasing that ugly little thing. I mean, he's nothing. You, you know, I got news for you, Eileen. If you had him in bed, you'd kill him. You'd crush him. He'd be dead. Go for a man, something six foot three, like a Rock Hudson type. Go for a big burly guy that can knock you to a wall. That little run, I mean, he you probably wouldn't even know if he was in you. Adamant. <laughs> he probably hates my guts if he haven't heard this stuff. <laughs> See why I can't write books or do television? What are you doing, Jimmy? Text messaging on our show? I, I'm trying to get the link so the guy can come on the show. Why, he doesn't know the link? He doesn't have the link. So I'm sending it to him again. You know, these people, famous people, they get like 8,000 emails a day. So uh, I sent it to him days ago. I know we do. Oh, they say John Bonham, uh, Smashing Pumpkins, Led Zemplers, Drummers. Uh, I love drummers, you guys. I'm friends with Bobby Blotzer from Rat. 
I met uh, Smashing Pumpkins, you know. Did you really? Yes, I did. I think I was with my daughter. That's funny. Hmm. I had no idea who they were or what they were. And they Smashing Pumpkins, I thought, what a stupid name. Smashing Pumpkins? That's a big deal group. And my kids said, oh, yeah. They're a huge group. They were big in the 70s or the 80s? No, 90s. 90s? Yeah. Smashing Pumpkins are huge. Mm. Billy Corgan. They got to change their name. I don't know if they still play together now. I mean, why Smashing Pumpkins? What a negative thought. Why not? I don't want anybody smashing pumpkins. They're pretty. Oh. Pumpkins on Halloween are so pretty. That's just what it's called. They're jack o' lanterns. Yeah, they're going around people's houses smashing their jack o' lanterns. Oh, B. Claudia, I never hear anybody talk about the darkness. I used to love them. They did that song, like a thing called Love or something like Crazy Little Thing Called Love or something like that. I forgot what it was, but they were a great band, though. I liked them a lot. They were fun. Um, let's see. Uh, go ahead. Keep talking, Ron. Okay, I get permission from the general. Oh, what am I going to talk about now? Let's talk about um, music. Okay. Music be. of the 1950s, because I can bring you back. And I want to teach people today in this era what it was like to live in the 1950s. Teenage kids, we loved music. We all had portable radios, which was a new invention. It ran on batteries, you know, dry cell, like the batteries you put in the flashlight. And it was a big box, and you put it on your shoulder, and you'd walk around listening to the, the great rock and roll of the day, um, Earth Angel and so many other songs that were fabulous. We would go to um, rock parties, rock and roll parties, where we would pick up girls and dance with them. This is a very fucking boring thing I'm talking about. Okay, so we'll change the topic. <laughs> yeah, let's change the topic. I mean, it's boring. But anyway, the 1950s, what I'm getting at, was clean cut. Nobody was disgusting. Nobody was evil. Nobody was bitter. Nobody was angry. Everybody was very happy. We all lived very happily. We went to school. We belonged to proms, all that shit that you see on television. Sock hops? They wrote sock hops. Did you go to sock hops when you were little? Oh, yeah. Well, you can rock it. You can roll it. You can hop and you can stroll it at the hop, hop, hop. Well, that's like from Happy Days. No, that's not Happy Days. That was a fucking <laughs> song. That was a song we used to sing. It was one of our favorite songs. You at the hop, hop, do 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 do. At the hop, hop, hop. That was a big song. My favorite song back then was um, uh, crap, I forgot. Oh, B and Lady Lake both said they're born in the late fifties. Born in nineteen fifty nine. Nineteen fifty nine. I was nineteen years old, so I was already in the world. By a long, you know, time. Um, my my earliest memories of music was when my sister would play the Ink Spots. The Ink Spots were the first uh, black group of uh, singers that they allowed on radio because back then black people only had their own channels, their own stations. They were not allowed to be played on any white stations. This is America I'm talking about, by the way, folks. And the Ink Spots, Ink Spots. Ink, Ink spots. spots would come on white radio, and their song was "If I Didn't Care for You." It's a great song, and that was the whole start of music. Then Motown came along, and Motown knocked the socks off of everybody. I mean, I love Mary Wells and all the people of Motown that started it all off. Jimmy and I have a dearest dear friend. Her name is uh, uh, what's her name? I'm, I'm not well today. My brain's not working. Well, you didn't feel good Ozzie, yesterday. Yeah, I was very ill yesterday. Ozzy, Ozzy. Oh, Ozzy, yes. 
and Ozzy, they know Ozzy. She's been on the show. And Ozzy brought with her this very attractive, beautiful, elegant black woman who was in her 60s, maybe. And she refused to talk about herself or give her name. And I thought that's strange. You come to my house. We're having dinner. She told you her first name. But you think she uh, first name? What the fuck? <laughs> Stop it. So anyway, she wouldn't give me her name, and I thought that was very rude or odd or weird or something stupid about it. After the evening was almost over and we were having after dinner drinks, she said to me, I had to find out who you were and I to trust you. And I said, oh, why is that? When you hear my last name, most people only try to get me to use me to get to the music, to Motown. I said, why? Who the hell are you? She said, my last name is Barry. No, Gordy. Gordy. Gordy Berry. She was sister-in-law's to Gordy Berry. And she knew Diana Ross well. <laughs> and she agreed with me on everything I said about Diana Ross. But anyway, um, lovely, lovely lady. And her problem was when she met people, the minute they heard that Gordy was her brother-in-law, they all started saying, oh, can you listen to my music? And it was just a bore. Well, why did I tell that story? I forgot. Uh, I don't know, because you were just reminiscing. And our guest is getting ready to come in now, I think, anyway. Anyway, she was a lovely, lovely lady. Here he is. Hey, hey guys. Hey, hey, hey. How you doing? Yeah. I'm great. Sorry for the uh, mess up, but uh, for some reason, I couldn't get it on the computer, which I prefer because it's a bigger screen. Screen. But here we are. Perfect. Now, now listen, are you, adjusted right. are you wanted by the police? Uh, I wouldn't mind because I like the police. Yeah, <laughs> no, but if you're wanted by the police, then take your glasses off if you're not wanted. No, I always wear my glasses. No, we got, we got to see what you look like. All his pictures nah. have glasses on. <laughs> what, you don't have eyes? <laughs> He'll take oh, this. I'll give you one eye. There you go. Oh, you Hold wanna... on. Let's introduce him. Okay. Uh, all right, everybody. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, world-class rock star, professional speaker, and best-selling author, Kenny Aronoff. Hello, and welcome to the show. Awesome, you guys. I hope I'm not late. It was a little bit crazy. I was trying to get it on the computer, but the only way I could get on was with my iPhone. That's fine. We're all good. The whole thing is fine. Um, how, how many people tell you you look like an Italian mafioso? All the time. Oh, you do. You look like a Brooklyn hitman. you got a great face. Are look you allowed to swear on this show? Yeah, you can yeah. say whatever you fucking want. No, no. You know what the alphabet is, don't you? In the New York alphabet's fucking A, fucking B, fucking C. <laughs> yeah. I'm from I'm from Brooklyn. I, I wrote it. <laughs> you know, you know, and my mom's from the Bronx. So Oh Bronick. I grew up in Western Mass, but I had, I am so New York, it's like everybody thinks I'm from New York. I Why would too. you fucking think that? I have no idea. But you see, I have a New York accent, which you hear. And people say to me, oh, you have such a New York accent. And I say, no, I want to live in California so I could say, oh, I shot her beaver. What the fuck is that? You know, in New York, we say, yeah, I grabbed a pussy. But <laughs> I can't deal with the California bullshit. They're so college out here. So I don't know what they you are. You know what? I, I do fine. I just be me. You know, I just, I don't change. I just be me. Kind of, kind of got to zip it right now, but I be me. I, I just am, am me. 
Yes. Yeah, but in New York, you could curse, and nobody says, oh, potty mouth, potty mouth. Out here, you curse among men, and they go, oh, your language. I thought, where am I with a bunch yeah, of Yeah, our next-door neighbors hate us because the first time we met them, we used the F word, and like after that, they were like, "Yeah," and these, they won't even talk to us. And, and <laughs> these, these, two, these two prissy old faggots, I mean, they're so queenie and disgusting, you want to smack them around. Because that's how they are. Now, if I ever they ever heard me say that, they'd call the police. Oh, <laughs> they call it a threat. Yeah. They call it a threat. I, I gave a speaking. I was one of twenty speakers at this the biggest um, inspirational company in the world called Mind Valley. And I and I was the last guy after a four day thing. And I said to the guy who owns it, I says, "Is, is it okay? I won't swear. Don't worry. I won't swear." He says, "Are you fucking kidding me? Swear, yeah. man. You're a rock star." I get up there and you know I'm doing my thing and it. One of the things I was talking about was Mick Jagger, because I worked with the Stones and Mick on his solo record. And I said, listen, and I was talking about teamwork. And I said that Mick understands he's Mick Jagger, but he ain't the fucking Rolling Stones. And so that was fine. But then they posted it. And six months later, my agent's calling me up and said, you got to get that off the Internet. There's some people in Florida that won't hire you because you swear. I went, oh, give me a break. Just tell them I won't swear when I'm there. There you go. You know what? When, so, when people say, oh, you swear. I say, listen, you go to the movies, do you watch television. What do you hear? You hear yeah. more, fucks, more fucks flying around than anywhere. So get over yourself. So hold on. We got to do some introductions because you don't even know. So let me introduce you. First of all, this is my cool, outrageous host. He's also my husband. This is Ron Russell. Say hi to yeah. Kenny. We're, we're hey, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm Jimmy Starts. Very nice to meet you. Um, I've got a chat room. Literally, I've got Germany, England, Australia, Canada, the United States, all kinds of people in the Australia. chat room. So say hi to everybody in the chat room. Hey, everybody in the chat room. Awesome. I can't wait to come to see all of you with Joe Satriani. Our tour got postponed for a little bit, but we'll be there. I'll be there. With there somebody. you go. So we have a lady who's who's one of our biggest show supporters, and her son is a drummer. And for five days, she's been posting the picture that she can't believe like you're coming on and that you're like the greatest drummer in the world and voted number one five years in a row. Her name is B. Claudia, and she's in Germany. So please say hi to B. Claudia. Hey, it's B. Claudia. Nice to meet you. There awesome. you go. I she's am dying for some German beer right now. <laughs> There you go. And then you got to say hi to Eileen Shapiro because she's in the chat room, too. <laughs> you know who she is, right? Yes. Eileen's the one that hooked us up. She's she's amazing. Yeah, I like what you did when you went like that. You did? You did? Yeah. That's, her That's what oh, I do to her every time I grab a Satriani. What did he say? He says, oh, I asked him if I can speak about this rec the records we're recording. See, we did, well, we did a record called Shapeshifting and entered the charts at number eight on the the real charts, you know, the top 100. And um, it entered at number eight, but then we couldn't tour. So Joe said, well, let's record two more records. So I just asked him, is that cool if I talk about it? And he said, yeah. Cool. That's yeah. so funny, though, that when you just said the real charts, because, you know, nowadays with the, name, the, with the days of Internet, there's like a new fake chart put up every day. And everybody's like, look, I'm number one on this chart. I'm like, like, that's not exactly. a real chart. <laughs> exactly. Because someone said, yeah, I'm on number 20 number one hit singles. I'm like, on what chart? The one where they bought 50 records? I'm talking about the charts where in the old, oh, well, the old days, where it was like the album oriented the charts and then the, the top 100. If you were number one on the top 100, 
You were on every radio station, every TV station. You were selling millions of records. You couldn't get a rate. When I was with Mellencamp, you couldn't turn the radio station without having Mellencamp if, on the radio if you were number one. But now they got 800 charts. It's like it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it means absolutely nothing. So let me do some bragging for you real quick. Um, all right, everybody. In case you don't know who this is, uh, who really is rock royalty, because uh, even Rolling Stone put him in the top 100 greatest drummers of all time, uh, which all time is a fucking long time, you guys. Um, he's He's been in uh, Modern Drummer Magazine, number one studio drummer, number one pop drummer. And here's some of the people that he's worked with. And I don't know if I've got – I just picked out the ones that I pulled off your website, which everybody is Aronoff Official. Uh, no, KennyAronoff.com. His Twitter is Aronoff Official, which you got to follow me back. But here it is, you guys. Uh, this is like bragging rights, and this shit is fucking so badass it's not even funny. John Mellencamp, Sir Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, The Rolling Stones, Lady Gaga, Bruno Mars, Sting, Bob Dylan, Bruce Springsteen, Bob Seger. Dave Grohl, Elton John, Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson, John Bon Jovi, Steven Tyler, The Smashing Pumpkins, Meatloaf, B.B. King, Rod Stewart, and John Fogarty. And that's just some of them. I know there's more. I just had to pick out the ones that everybody knows because they're all like amazing superstars. I'm actually doing a movie right now where, and I'm working with B.B. King's grandson. Awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. So do you have a favorite? Like you've done uh, – we'll also talk about the fact that you're an author and a speaker, but let's go music a little bit. Like, like Wait, before we go there, I have to let the old bags that watch our show get something too. Okay. What do you think of Gene Krupa? Love him. Best drummer, you think? Well, I mean, if I had to pick the best jazz drummer, if I had to, it would be Buddy Rich because he was a, in, a, in a, a planet of his own. In rock and roll, I would have to say John Bonham with Led Zeppelin because but in jazz, to have to say, jazz would be Gene Krupa. No, he just said somebody else. I said Buddy Rich. Buddy Rich. No, I think Gene Krupa was <laughs> I mean, I never saw you know, you couldn't see his his drumsticks move. Well, Buddy Rich though, come on. Buddy Rich had he actually had the the fastest technique of all of them over Louis Belson, Gene Krupa. Gene was good, but Buddy which was was a a born a prodigy genius. At four years old, he was tap dancing and drumming. It, it was off the off the hook. And yeah, I got to re I got to record with the Buddy Rich Big Band and perform with them after Buddy died in New York City. They, uh, Neil Peart, the, the drummer from Rush, uh, produced a two two uh, CD set for Atlantic Records, and they asked me to record two songs. And they were trying to get me to do like rock and roll type songs, and I went no, and I want to record jazz songs. Because I grew up playing jazz. My parents were from New York, so I had a huge jazz influence. So, yeah, I got to play with that band. And, uh, you know, I mean, I just, that's my opinion. But Gene Cooper was brilliant. Absolutely yeah, but brilliant. I, 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 I bet that Buddy Rich didn't do as much cocaine as Gene Cooper. <laughs> uh, no, I think that G Buddy probably did the cocaine and Gene did a lot of marijuana. Right? No, 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 not actually. Jane Russell, who was my good friend, knew him yeah. well. And she said that he he was so coked up all the time. I mean, he just did lines and lines of coke. He was burnt out. That's yeah. why he was able to play the, the drums as he did, because he didn't even know where he was. Yeah. He, he became the drums. What do yeah. you think about? Well, I mean, I've always, you know, I'm no saint, but the thing is, when it, I always put work ahead of partying. In other words, I never drink. I never do anything before I play. Uh, and, and, you know, even in my wildest days, it was... 
anything that got in the way of my job and my success and my career, I would would not do it. That's why you're smart, so successful. Smart, smart man, absolutely. Yeah, well, that's why 40 years. That's why. I mean, I'm still, now that I'm 29. Um, <laughs> so, so am I. We were born the same year. Exactly. Except if you shave your hair, you'll look like me. I look like you without shaving my hair. <laughs> so wait, how old were You're you? You're better looking than me. How how old were you when you started drumming? Ten years old. I saw the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show, and I I went apeshit. I went flying off the walls. I, I had never seen anything like that before. And uh, my I said to my mom, "Who are those guys?" She said, "They're the Beatles." And I said, "Well, I want to play with them. Get me in the band. Call them up." <laughs> she did. So she did, and they said yes. <laughs> And I got fired. Have you ever, no, I, I started yeah. a band because she said no. It, you know, the thing is, when I, I didn't know this at the time, but seeing the Beatles on TV, I realized that was my purpose in life before I even know what those words meant. And meaning that I felt it in my heart. I mean, thoughts are just ideas, but but feelings are the truth. And and the And how you feel is who you are. Nobody can deny you of who you are. There's no discussion. I wanted to be in a rock and roll band. I just didn't know how to do it at 10 years old. So I started my own band and, and we played Beatles music at 10. That's awesome. That's how you do it. Now I'm going to throw a name at you. Do you know this guy, Stephen Perkins? Absolutely. Do you love him? I love him. I love him. <laughs> we love him. We love He's Stephen. He's a sweetheart of a man friends. and, and a sweetheart of a guy. And also best I mean, friend. band mm -hmm. is killer. I love Jane's Addiction. Yes, he's a. But, but what do you think of Stephen Perkins as a drummer? Great, he Great. created his own style. He's got. I I kind of liken liken him a lot to me in that we both play with a lot of feeling and passion. I like love it. Well, he's one of the nicest people you'll ever want to meet, and a good friend of ours. I've always been like a big fan of like drummers. Uh, when I first started the show, uh, we would have like we had like the drummer for Pop Evil, and then we had Bobby Blotzer from Rat came on and we had like all these cool drummers and to me like the drummers a lot of times in my head at least in my head it seems like they get overlooked even though they have like the hardest job you know because like the drums i mean it's so, so amazing and you have to be yeah. so talented to do it we also have another friend you know dave kendrick dave kendrick i i can't place his name i might have met him I he was in a band he's in a band right now called revolution he's an older guy but he also like drummed with devo back in the day oh, like wow. uh uh, and so he's a really good drummer too. And when I see him, but like the skill that it takes to be a drummer is just freaking like, you know, do, amazing. Do you know well, Scott it's like Page? Being an athlete. It's an athlete. Do you know Scott Page, the saxophone player? Absolutely. Is Scotty not the best? He's a good friend of ours. We love he him. He has too. great head of hair. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. So does Ron. Right? So they, no. they they bond over the hair. No, we have so much fun together, Scott and I. I mean, he's a Scott, sweetheart. Yeah, Scott is is a sweetheart. He's the one that introduced. Me recently to Eileen, uh, and she was the one that brought me to you guys. Actually, Eileen is my Eileen and I. We have a, a, a PR company called World Star PR. I'm her business partner in World Star PR, and awesome. so uh, um, so so she like every, every time she she's very nice to like send all the people our way because uh, we get a lot of great guests through the people that Eileen's met. Scott's brought us a ton of great guests. Stephen Perkins yeah. has been on. We go to see those Think Experience shows in LA a lot. Great. Are you in LA? Yes, I'm in Studio City or L.A., yeah. I, I wish you would be at one of the events. I'd, I'd like to hear you live. You should. I'm going to talk to Scott to put you in. No, he can't take Stephen's place. No, no. <laughs> no, we'll actually, see. they had me on that show. Is it a, 
a new thing they're doing since the pandemic? Oh no! Oh no! That's a new thing, but uh, that's a cool thing. That's oh, you're cool. Talking about the band they have, yeah. Well, yeah. Unless you have double drums, but actually, I used to have a show. No, you, could do, you could do a solo. <laughs> you could just go in and take over. <laughs> yes, listen. In my day, they Gene Krupa did solos. The orchestra stopped, and Gene yeah. Krupa did like five minutes of yeah. the most incredible, incredible percussion you'd ever heard. I would well, love I know, to I, you I've do a solo. I'm going to talk to Louis Scott. Belson on Skin Deep with uh, Duke Ellington. It'll blow your mind. It's the most, one of the most musical solos. Skin Deep with Duke, uh, the Duke Ellington band with Louis Belson. Oh, it's you're ridiculous. Talking, like, talking it. real royalty, Duke Ellington, my God. Yeah. How I love Duke Ellington. Yeah. I'm 80 years old, so that's how come I know all these people. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I so, really you know, I'm, I, had a, uh, I have a show the baked potato in uh, right down the street from me is a really cool club where all like some of the greatest musicians in LA have played. They only seats like 75 people. I hung out there for years. Yeah. Okay. So I had a thing called uh, Kenny Aronoff and friends and I would have five different artists come and play with me through the night. I do a whole set, you know, doing like, you know, everything from Zeppelin to, you know, ZZ top to uh, Sabbath to Ozzy all over the map. And then one one night, I featured uh, Stephen Perkins. We did an Almond Brothers set, and it was double drums. It was cool. That would be that awesome. That would be fabulous. When I hung out at the Baked Potato, uh, Earl Palmer, the drummer. You know Earl Palmer? Oh, man, I know. I knew him. A great guy, Earl. Studio, studio musician. And Earl was a good buddy of mine. And Crazy Red Fox came in. Wow. Oh, I love Red Fox. He was oh, so it was unbelievable. There was a beautiful blonde girl that was seated there, and he walked right over to her, and he stuck his tongue in her ear. <laughs> well, at least it was just his ear, her ear. Yeah. But, <laughs> I, 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 but that's I how Red Fox was. He was so outrageous with the ladies. He was a chaser. We had a lot of nice friends that hung out in uh, Baked Potato. It's still there. I used to go to the Baked Potatoes in the 60s or 70s. Yeah. I that's how many years it's there. It's a great the, jazz the, club. Everybody should go. Small the, seating. Yeah. The greatest, uh, you get the greatest musicians there, and you're, you're up close. I mean, I was the MC, and uh, I was kind of semi-Kenny Aronoff, Don Rickles type thing. But the audience is like, you're on stage with, they're all, we're all on the, in the right. same room together. It's not like this, this big stage and they're down there. It's like being in a living room, and I'm just talking and playing to people. I love that. Now, are you playing there ever? Well, not right now because of the pandemic. They're doing no, that I mean, virtual after stuff. Over. After the shit's uh, over. I mean, I have a studio called Uncommon Studios LA. I'll be going from here to that studio today and record five songs. And two days ago, I did five songs, uh, 10 songs. And uh, people send me files from all over the world. I've uh, been doing stuff with Chris Lord Algie. He's one of the greatest engineers ever for a top uh, 100 radio. And... Um, but I've now converted my studio into a virtual uh, speaking room so I can do all my corporate speaking from uh, my studio with the sound of my drums from my big, you know, uh, the great sounds from my studio. But then I've, I'm having it, you know, cameras and a whole set where I speak and then I play, I speak and I play just like if I was at a 600 seat. Right, that sounds fabulous. That's the world of the future too, Listen. though. That's how things are going to be. So Wait, it's good you did that. Do you ever go to go to go to the baked potato to jam? 
Well, I all the time, but I ha lately. Well, let us know. Let us know. We, we'll drive in from Palm Springs to see, see and hear you. Wait a minute. You're in Palm Springs now? Yeah. yeah that's where we live. Well, a piece of cake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just 100 I, miles. I thought you were on Long Island right now. No, Eileen's no, on Long Island. No, we're here in Palm no, no. Springs. Eileen's oh, on Oh, piece of cake. East that's Coast, easy. West Coast. Oh, we go okay. into LA all the well when the pandemic's not going on. We go to LA all the time for red carpet premieres and for right. all kinds of stuff all oh, the time. So. I'm, a I'm a percussion nut. Um, my favorite, you're gonna love this one. My favorite music I ever heard was the guys that bang on the garbage pails. What were they called? I saw them in radio. Oh, TV. you mean Stomp? Stomp. Stomp. Did you not love Stomp? <laughs> I, I mean, knew one of the guys who started it. He, he said he knows one of the guys who started it. Fabulous. I, went, I, I, I did four years at Indiana University School of Music, which was the number one school of music for classical music. I eventually ended up in the Jerusalem Symphony Orchestra. I mean, I, I went to Tanglewood uh, after four consecutive years of auditioning and worked with Leonard Bernstein, Aaron Copeland, Arthur Fiedler, Sergio Zauer. That was the elite number one student orchestra in the country. They only take seven percussionists in the whole world took me four years to get in but one of the guys at indiana university uh, uh when he graduated he was i think a vocal major and uh he ended up was one of the original guys with stomp and he plays with spring uh yeah he was playing with bon jovi and i've seen him with springsteen springsteen that's freaking oh, awesome what a fabulous idea to do it with, with all kinds i mean they do pots and pans garbage pails yeah and newspapers, newspaper, newspapers, everything that you could possibly think of, and the music is fabulous. So it's hang on, I want I, I have I have a question. I have a question. So okay, so you've you've worked with almost like every major cool ass person on the planet. Do you have like a bucket list? Like this is the one person I haven't done anything with yet, and this is the person I want to do something with. Or have you already like done something with everybody you'd ever wanted to do stuff with? <laughs> well, I've got, I I thought at one point I thought one of the coolest <laughs> bands would be. Jeff Beck, me, and Sting. Oh, Sting wow. Bass vocals, Jeff Beck on guitar. And, um, but, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm sure I would love to play with Queens of the Stone Age. I mean, that'd be cool. But, but it's like, I don't really like dwell on who I haven't played with. I'm just enjoying every moment I'm in at that moment. And, you're like, uh, you're like, but you're like, because you're like, seriously, like rock royalty. And so the fact that, that they should. They'll all be. Eventually, everybody's going to come to you every any day. Do you? What kind of about? What about? Who are some of the musicians that are at bands that are out now that you're like, wow, those are really cool band. Like, what kind of stuff do you listen to when you are not playing? Do you listen when to your I'm, own stuff? Or do you listen when I'm not playing, I'm. <coughs> when I'm not playing, I'm writing charts like that. Okay. I bet when you're not playing, you're listening to Doris Day. No, I know. When I'm not playing, I'm I'm preparing for the next. Like yesterday, when I, I wasn't playing, I spent four hours writing those type of charts. Every note uh, I'm going to record today. And then tonight, when I'm done, I'm going to have to write five more songs. I'm constantly, because I have that reading skills from uh, that, uh, you know, all that schooling I got, I can write every single night note out. That's why uh, it's very helpful to do that, to be able to, when you do the Kennedy Center Honors, you're changing notes, you're playing you're changing stuff by the second. You got Sting coming up to you, Springsteen coming up to you, Elton John, Mellencamp, Lady Gaga, Bruno Mars, and they're saying, "Can you try that? Can you try that? You write it down. You you change it." I mean, without reading, you cannot do those gigs. So I'm always like one example is I, I'm in in Vegas doing 
a show with Fogarty. Next morning, I wake up. I'm on a plane to Russia. I'm studying and going over 32 songs that I'm going to have to record and film the next day. When I land in Russia, I go right to the Kremlin. I'm rehearsing some of the songs. Next day, rehearse the rest. Bam, filming, recording. No way could I memorize that. Then I get back on the plane. I'm getting ready to to perform 25 more songs with guys like uh, Steve Lukather, Billy Gibbons, Nancy Wilson from Heart, on and on, for another show that I'm going to do three days later. Couldn't do it if you can't read music. And right. not only do I read music, but I write down the tempos, who to count off to. I got instructions with the, the stage manager, the producer, and the uh, musical director. And I orchestrate all of that. It's not just playing drums anymore. That's amazing. But what's though. really nice about your career is you made a lot of money. A lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people have I career. Did. Well, come on, uh, please. You're, you're loaded. You got more money than you need. But uh, a lot of people in our business. Two divorces, buddy. <laughs> well, I, I, I take that back. You're a poor man. I'll send you some money. And food. <laughs> And they must have cleaned you out, those bitches. No, but they, anyway. no, they, no, they didn't. I'm good. I'm the, I'm the. Nah, it's like being. You a work all the okay. time. But wait a second. They made me forget what I'm going to say. See, when you're old, you forget everything. You, That's okay. No, you're going to say how how nice my hair looks. I love it. Your hair it's looks fabulous. great. I love the glasses and too. And you don't have to worry about yeah, the wind like in your hair. There you go. Yeah, you guys. So. So let's do some. Let's do a little promotional thing for you. I know you wrote a book called "Sex, Drugs, Rock and Roll: The Hardest Hitting Man in Show Business." Uh, has that been out for a long time? No, I think four years. They're doing it. came out in paperback in May. They didn't tell me, and now they're doing an audio version. And I'm screaming. I'm supposed to be doing the audio version. So I'm waiting for a phone call. I'm trying to say hello. I think I should be doing the audio version of the book. Right? They used, absolutely, people would love hearing it from you. Well, yeah, because I'm going to go fucking A. So then I went fucking B. <laughs> and then you motherfuckers, then I did this, and fuck yeah. Nobody's going to say that like me. Absolutely. No. I, mean, I, I really have to tell you something. That sort of language really offends me. It gets me so fucked up I can't breathe, you motherfucker. But anyway. <laughs> hey, you know what? It's Brooklyn. You know, you know, nobody gets it out here. In Brooklyn, if you're walking down the street, and you run into yeah. a friend. You say, hey, fuck face, how you doing? Yeah. Nobody gets upset. Or, hey, fucko. Hey, fucko, yeah. what's new? Here, you walk up to them and say, hey, fucko, what's new? They run police, guns, shooting. I mean, <laughs> I, miss, yeah. I miss Brooklyn. You miss the yeah. Bronx? Oh, I, lo I love New York. There's I love no New York, too. I love I'll always New York. be a New Yorker. Do you go back and visit often? Not enough, but I do. I And, and, and I have... I have a friend who has this incredible, like five million dollar apartment right down on Chelsea, and it's it's gorgeous. And the, when I go there, I got this incredible apartment. It's look you can look go on the roof and look up, and there's Radio City Music Hall. You look down, there's the new World Trade Center, and there's Italian restaurants, coffee shops, and Fabulous. the, the best like pizza in the world. I mean. <clears throat> Ridiculous. Nothing like New York. So everybody, uh, to do a quick recap too, though, uh, Kenny's website, you can read about all the different things he does. It's KennyAaronoff.com. That's K-E-N-N-Y-A-R-O-N-O-F-F.com. 
He's Aronoff official on Twitter. You're also like a speaker, like a motivational speaker. So uh, we got like yeah. 10 minutes. Tell us a little bit about it real quick so we can help well, promote it. Yeah, basically my and, – and, and there's if you go on YouTube, there's a channel called Virtual Speaking, and I just did an interview with my uh, agent like, like five days ago. Anyway, uh, it, it's a speech that uh, uh, it's mostly centers around teamwork, leadership, innovation, creativity, uh, always trying to be as good as you can by working hard, self-discipline, perseverance. And very, very important today is staying relevant by adapting and adjusting over and over and over again. And all those are like action items, but the big umbrella, the big, the big theme and the big point I try to get across is you need to realize what your purpose in life is. And that comes from a place in your heart. You need to be who you are, and, and when you find out who you are and what it is that you should do in this lifetime, you'll be unstoppable, undeniable, authentic. And if people don't accept that, fuck them. There you go. First of all, you've done, that's exactly the, what I you agree, did. I agree with the fuck them. All of it I agree it. with. But the fuck them is really what tells it is. I mean, I go through life doing what I want. Um, we had some more. We get great reviews on our show, by the way. <clears throat> we're all over the place. We were, we're a number one show for like I weeks. Heard, I've, I've heard. It's it's amazing. Congratulations. Some morons. Thank you. Wait, some moron asshole, probably a closet case queen, uh, writes in to Jimmy and said, why your show is on the air, I'll never know. It's the filthiest show. It's a sewer. That Ron Russell's got a mouth that is so disgraceful. Your show is disgusting. I, it should be taken off the air. Your vol- I mean, you went on and on and on and on. Don't so listen said, to it. Don't watch it. Well, you know, yeah, well, you know what I said? It. I said to Jimmy, I said, be polite, Jimmy. Write him back and say, we, we understand, and we wish you a good load in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Somebody, uh, every so often people will trash me. Somebody sent me a thing like, I don't get it. I don't get it. You know, and I'm on 300 million records sold and, right. and 60 nominated and won Grammys. And he says, I don't get it. I don't understand why anybody likes your playing. Your playing sucks. I don't get it. And he went on and on. I, I don't ever respond. I just like, wow. Dude, don't listen to my my playing then, you know? And, and, really, and then, you don't like it, go someplace and, and, else. And then he signed the note, Stephen. Stephen Perkins. <laughs> no, Stephen. He is so, he's my, he's like so kind to me and so gracious. And so, he, is, he is the nicest dude, fellow. Guy is like, he is, he's like a brother. He says, he just says, you keep getting better. We love him. We love him. Yeah. I think he's got 12 or 14 children. <laughs> no, that's me. How, how many kids you got? Well, I got one kid, uh, but, you know, I used to think, God, it's going to be probably 100 that are becoming. I need college money, but I never saw any bald, big-nosed guys come up to me. So that's, that's good. They never came up. So, dude, dude, like when you were when you're touring all the time with the women, he asked us to. We had uh, Robert Bell from Cool and the Gang on before you, and uh, they were like, Ron's asking him if if all the women throw panties up on the stage for you when you're like on tour. Oh yeah, well, we used to play. <laughs> Mad- we used to play Madison Square, place like Madison Square Garden, sold out, Mellencamp, no opening act, just us. And I remember one time I go to my tech, I go, come here, come here, come here, and go saying, what's wrong, what's wrong? I said. You see the chick in the third row with the, you know, the big tits and the, and the white and blue shirt. Um, give her a backstage pass. 
after she'll pass. And so he runs down there, you know, I'm going, ain't that America for you? And he's going, her? I'm going, yeah, that's her. Taps on her shoulder. She looks at me like, oh, hi. I went, hi, right in the middle, sold out 20,000 people. Oh, she must have came. On. She came. I, I never saw her backstage, but the, the, he gave her the pass. <laughs> well, you know, <clears throat> Scott Page, again, um, I said that to Scott. The broad stroke motel keys up there and panties up there. He said, oh, no. Never. Oh, shit. Oh, we well, had you know, Scott we... Page. Scott Page is, is vanilla. He's the cleanest queen in the queen, cleanest straight guy in the world. He's not gay. But <laughs> no, Scott's not gay. That was a mistake, everybody. Please. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah, he's gonna be calling us in a minute. <laughs> no, that, that was that that was a slip of my stupid. He just uses the word clean a lot. But he said that he says he's calling him. Yeah. Calling we love you, Scott. Scott said he's never cheated on his wife in all those years he's married. That when women threw panties at him in car keys, I mean, motel keys, he just let them lay on the stage. And I said to him, did you know that Cinderella was a real person? <laughs> How about he's Pinocchio? Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's gonna. He loves this. Scott's gonna have such a fun thing when he watches this. You gotta like well, love. You know. You know. Well, I I admit. I mean, it it was playing, and then it was you know, playing. Now answer me a question that everybody wants to ask, but don't have the balls. I, Here we go. Do you okay. think that fucked up your two marriages because you cheated a lot with the broads? Oh, that definitely didn't help. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you, you know, my second wife was, uh, she's unbelievable. I love her family and she's totally cool. She got pulled up on stage by Mellencamp at Madison Square Garden. And then uh, that's how I, I saw her for the first time. My, my third wife, who I'm married to now, who's gorgeous and I love, I met her in England because somebody said, I was doing a drum clinic tour and somebody said, hey, you're going to be interviewed. Do you mind getting interviewed when we get to Exeter? I went, yeah, I don't care. And I'm doing sound check, and this unbelievable playmate, gorgeous woman walks in with, uh, you know, tits and ass, the whole deal, and gorgeous. And I'm like, what is she doing here? A guy's drumming. And so at the end of the sound check, I went, where's that guy who's going to interview me? He says, that guy is sitting right over there, and it was her. Oh, and cool. Now, she, so she interviews me, but guess what her last question was to me? This was How the deal breaker. She goes, she looks at me with these fiery, gorgeous blue eyes, smiling, and goes, so I ask everybody this question. When you play drums, do you wear boxers or briefs? And you said nothing. Nothing. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> you said one of the drumsticks is your dick. <laughs> too, your small, dick too small, too small, too thin. No, I thought the last question she would have been to was how big is your dick because she was falling in love. But no, seriously, they should know that you do use your penis as the drum, the big bass fiddle, the big bass drum. Not the fiddle. bass fiddle. <laughs> um, I've been Ill, I've been ill for two days, so forget <laughs> the bass fiddle. That's good. Home. Yeah, the bass fiddle. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I mean. You know, well, I, I do have a reputation, but you know, we probably shouldn't get into that right now. Listen, me, me on this, look, I've been an actor forever, so I have been on so many movies, television, and shit. If I tell you the, the, the kits I got when I was a young kid, I was a good oh, yeah. guy, 
Oh, I got them. Every fag in the studio would find me and, and, and come after me. So, and even uh, when I worked a stand-up comic, people would send cards backstage. My wife and I are having a party. Why don't you come? And all that shit. Nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, all that yeah, weird. I mean, it's <clears throat> fun, man. It's like, you know, I, I just had a sign around my neck that said, open for business 24 hours a day. There <laughs> <laughs> you go. <laughs> yeah, but I was always married at the time, and I tried to keep it as good as I could. No, I, I blew it. I definitely blew it. I take full credit for it. And that was the tricky part in the book because I felt that, you know, it, you know, that was a, I, it, you got to be honest in an autobiography, but um, you can't be too revealing to hurt people. So I, I take full credit I agree on, with on, that. on not being uh, a present and mature enough and, and, and committed to what marriage really is, which is a commitment to being monogamous is one of the things and being honest. And uh, I, I kind of, uh, I never, like it's like, I never grew out of high school or something. It was like, uh, and, and and the thing is, in the music business, and at least in our band, I mean, we weren't Motley Crue, but everybody was doing it. It was you in that environment. We were young. Audience was young. Girls throwing underwear at us. Girls waiting, showing their tits at us. I mean, it was really difficult to not, you know, act on that. We, it was, it yeah, was just natural, you know? You know what? It's a good thing Eileen Shapiro didn't throw her tits at you because she'd have broken your head. Wow, she killed you. Do you ever, you know who she what she, she looks? Huge boobs. You know what Eileen looks like? We made I her tits famous. I've seen her face. I haven't seen her tits. Oh, uh, they're huge, and we like Eileen. We've got, made them famous. We talk about them all the time. I, I do. Don't don't get in on my act. Uh, Eileen's boobs are enormous. I mean, they go. they they are beyond enormous. Now, hold on, everybody. Do you guys, this is Kenny Aronoff because because uh, we've only got like thirty seconds. This is Kenny Aronoff. You can follow him on Twitter, Aronoff Official. Aronoff is A R O N O F F Official. His website is KennyAronoff.com. He's like a fucking rock star royalty. We want to thank you so much for coming on the show today. Anything that you got going, and you guys read his books, Next Drugs, Rock and Roll, the hardest hitting man in show business, but do not. Get the audio book until he voices it. There you go. And Kenny, we want to thank you so much for coming on the show. We'll be okay. back and talk to you again. Good luck with everything and congratulations on all your success. Thank you so much. And I feel like Take you're care, a guys. New York buddy. Bye, you're bye. a New York buddy. Bye. <clears throat> Thanks for coming on. You're a great guy. All right, what everybody. a nice fella. See, New Yorkers are so nice. Everybody says, oh, New Yorkers are so mean and crappy. That's not true. New York, New York people are friendly and outspoken and wonderful. We want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Thanks, Rebel. Thank our guests. Thanks, everybody in the chat room. And we'll see you guys next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye. In the mix, yeah, we in the mix. It's another episode. Here we go, the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Interviewing the hottest, newest, and truest of today's celebrities. Make sure to subscribe so you can get notified weekly. Jimmy Star, he's the king of cool. Ron Russell, he's a gorgeous dude. Chat room is live, and you would be a fool not to vibe with us at the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. So come watch it live on W4CY Radio. Miss some past episodes? Download on iTunes. The Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. It's the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Russell.